Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolfe, and this is My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. While the science aligns on what's healthy for a baby's brain development, when it comes to how to care for our babies, there's a seemingly endless supply of competing perspectives. Parents are swimming in advice on sleep, feeding, and parenting philosophies. In this season of the podcast, we aim to provide a variety of curated perspectives so you can make informed choices for your family. I discovered choline when pregnant with my first. It's a nutrient proven to have a lasting link to a baby's brain development when taken in pregnancy. But I realized my prenatal vitamin didn't have much choline. I wasn't getting the recommended amount of 450 milligrams a day. Turns out, a lot of pregnant women are in the same boat. Studies show only 10% of all pregnant women get enough choline, but it is easy to get in a supplement form. A recent study at Cornell University looked at the benefits of doubling recommended choline consumption. It showed a link between sustained attention in seven-year-olds and 930 milligrams of choline during pregnancy. There's also some research backing possible benefits of giving choline supplements to breastfeeding mothers and toddlers. I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak to the authors of the Cornell study, Dr. Barbara Strupp and Dr. Richard Canfield. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Thank you for inviting us. So in a nutshell, what did your human study discover? We were interested in finding out whether the amount of choline that the mom consumes during her pregnancy has lasting effects on her child's cognitive functioning. There's been animal studies with with laboratory animals for the past 30 years indicating that the mom's choline intake was critical for her child's brain development and ultimate cognitive functioning, but there's been very few human studies to address this question. So we, and I want to also give credit here to our colleague Marie Caudill, who was responsible for initiating this trial and for conducting the, the prenatal portion. She recruited pregnant women to this study in their second trimester and then randomly assigned them to one of two levels of choline intake during their their last trimester, either 480 milligrams per day or 930 milligrams per day. 480 is very close to the recommended amount and 930 is approximately twice that. And importantly too, um, what what she did in, in that portion of the study was to provide all of the foods to these women. So there was absolute sort of assurance that there were these two very different amounts of choline intake during in the last trimester. And then when these children were born, we assessed their cognitive functioning. Actually, we, we studied them both when they were infants, but we also um, did cognitive testing of these children when they much later when they were seven years of age. So, I mean, one, one thing, we, we first had to find these families and children because many of them had moved away from the Ithaca area. But anyway, we did bring them back into the lab and assess um, attentional function of these seven-year-old children, their ability to sustain attention on a sort of very demanding, challenging attention task, which lasted for about 12 minutes. The, the children born to the 
uh, women in the 480 group, um, the moms who had the, the recommended amount of choline, they started off at a very high level being able to pay attention well. But then across the 12 minutes of the testing, their attention, their performance declined. They were unable to sort of sustain that level of attention. And in contrast, the children born to moms in the 930 milligram group, so double the recommended amount, the children in that group showed a remarkable ability to sustain their attention across that 12-minute period. So in a nutshell, that's what we found, that, that moms having higher choline intake during the last trimester of pregnancy resulted in children then seven years later who were better able to sustain their attention. That is so fascinating. And in the rodent studies, I remember discovering one of the rodent studies early on when I was pregnant. And I, you know, I, I'm sort of like a nerd. I love to read some of the, read these studies. And I remember reading that there were one of the, you know, kind of sets of of mom mice was given choline and the other set of mom mice were not. And the two, you know, groups went through, their babies went through a maze and it was the same, took the same amount of time statistically to go through the maze from both different groups. But then the second time that these, the mice with choline, whose moms had had choline in pregnancy, uh, actually those mice went through the maze much faster the second time than the mice that did not um, have maternal choline, which I thought was so interesting, which talked about memory, the, the role of, of, of enhancing memory in, in choline supplementation in, in utero. Is there anything that you can speak to, maybe not in human studies, but in rodent studies? Can you talk to us a little bit more about not only attention, but also some other benefits? Absolutely. There's been work done in this area remarkably since the late 1980s. So it's, it's take, you know, it's, it is really surprising in a way that so few human studies have addressed this problem um, in light of the fact that the animal studies have been providing evidence for this for the past 30 years or so. But briefly, yes, I mean, you, you know, with, you're, you're absolutely correct that, that the, one of the most common um, things that people have looked at in rodents arm is maize performance. They were comparing groups of, of animals who are born to moms, either who got standard amounts of choline, so just the regular amount of choline that's in regular rodent chow, which has been designed to produce optimal growth. That's often how those were determined. And then compared that to the offspring born to moms who got maybe four or five times the amount of choline that's in kind of the normal standard chow. And what they found, again, is that the animals whose moms had more choline showed um, markedly reduced numbers of errors, you know, so that often in these mazes, you're asking the animals to avoid parts of the maze where they've already eaten the food um, because there's they've eaten the foods, so there's no more left. So they can avoid the arms of the maze that they've already been down. And their ability to do that, you know, again, memory function, sort of spatial, spatial cognition, spatial mapping is significantly improved by the higher choline intake in the moms. Um, I should also mention that attentional function, again, which is what we were looking at in this study, has also been shown to be improved by maternal choline supplementation. So it's definitely a point of correspondence between the animal um, and the human studies. I mean, certainly in addition to the fact that higher maternal choline intake during pregnancy seems in both animals and humans to sort of result in improved ability to pay attention, remember things um, just throughout the lifespan. But then in addition, um, if the mom consumes more choline during pregnancy, there seems to be some protective effects in conditions such as Down syndrome and autism. In, for example, in Down syndrome, the evidence is that there is 
improved attentional function in the offspring who have Down syndrome if their moms had more choline relative to those born to, you know, animals whose moms had just the normal amount of choline. And similarly, in models of, um, of autism, there's evidence that increased choline intake can cause improved social functioning of those offspring. So I think just in general, there, there's widespread evidence for neuroprotection by increased maternal choline intake, not just in in typically developing children, but also in these other different conditions. And and let me say one one more small thing, um, is that one other really remarkable thing about the animal data in this area is showing that giving the moms extra choline during as short a period of time as five days during the pregnancy results in a significant lessening of age-related cognitive decline. So rats and mice, like humans, show memory problems when they get old. Um, actually, this Tina Williams and Warren Mack, who really were pioneers in this area, um, they're, they're in North Carolina. What they found was that giving the moms extra choline significantly lessened this age-related memory loss and that the animals, again, these old animals, but born to moms who had extra choline during their pregnancy did not show um, this this age-related memory decline. So that's certainly a very provocative um, finding from the animal work, suggesting that maybe how how well you age uh, sort of cognitively, you know, when you get old uh, may depend on how much choline your mom had during her pregnancy. So that's it's a, it's a really interesting area. Only 10% of pregnant women are actually getting even that adequate level. Can you talk to this a little bit more about how what should pregnant women be doing with this information? Our high choline group that was about twice the AI uh, adequate intake level of, of choline intake was, you know, that level is not easy to get through the diet. We haven't done enough studies to know whether you know, what is the kind of minimum effective level of choline to produce the kinds of effects that, that we observed in our studies. I think the, in order to get, you know, a high level of choline in the diet, you would have to focus on all the high choline foods and, and um, make an effort to regularly consume eggs, beef, uh, fish, uh, chicken, soybeans, uh, milk, uh, all of the there's various places on the internet you can find where the high choline foods are, and I think the trick would be to look at your diet, uh, your normal diet, and say how can I replace some of what I'm eating with higher choline uh, kinds of foods. If, for example, if you're a vegetarian, it's going to be more challenging. It's going to be very challenging. So much brain growth happens in the first three years of life. But how much of who we become is predetermined by our genetics and how much is based on our early experiences? According to neuroscientists, it boils down to about 50-50. genetics and 50% environment. But what exactly is this environment? What makes for an environment that is enriching for little brains? At Love Every, we have brought together experts from all fields of early childhood development to answer this question. Neuroscientists, Montessori experts, occupational therapists, and speech therapists. For every stage from birth to age four, we have just the right activities, tools, and information so you can feel confident you are giving your child 
the very best start. Learn more at loveevery.com. L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I recall shopping around when I was pregnant and there were so many different ways to consume choline in a supplement form because it's just really hard to get it in your diet and, you know, just get to the adequate amounts and calculate everything. And so can you elaborate on some of the different ways to get this adequate levels of choline as a pregnant woman? There are really, depending on how you count them, three or four dominant forms of choline. And it is important to be aware of uh, the you know the labeling and the and the marketing versus what's really in the in the supplement. So there are two choline salts, um, choline chloride, uh, which is what we used in our studies, and choline bitartrate, which is also a choline salt. Now choline salts are very high in choline content. For example, the most readily available supplement uh, in in a tablet form is choline bitartrate, and, and it is 41% choline by weight. So it's important to, to note what the actual choline content is, because another form of choline is phosphatidylcholine, and that is only 13% choline by weight. Um, and then lecithin is, has, is very similar to the phosphatidylcholine, but it's also much lower in choline content. So uh, if you're looking for a supplement, um, I think the, the, the dominant tablet form that you're going to find on the shelves or on, on uh, Amazon is going to be a choline bitartrate. Choline is naturally found in breast milk and, you know, and, and is also found in, in some infant formulas. Is there an indication that supplementing to the adequate intake or even above that amount is helpful for breastfeeding moms? Because the AI, the adequate intake is something like 450 milligrams when you're breastfeeding as opposed to 400 milligrams when you're pregnant. Um, I can just say one small thing about that, and, and Rick can certainly chime in too. I mean, this is a little bit outside of the area of expertise of either Rick, Rick or I, but our colleague, Marie Caudill, who I mentioned earlier, who actually was the person who initiated the, the clinical trial that, that we've been talking about, her group also, within the context of that same clinical trial, they also did have two groups of women who they recruited during lactation, okay, so when they're breastfeeding their babies, and gave them um, either, again, by, by providing the entire diet, either 480 or 930 milligrams per day during lactation. And what she found was that the higher choline intake, so again, giving double the recommended amount of about 930 total intake, resulted in an increase in the breast milk concentration of choline. I mean, I, I should also mention that breast milk just naturally contains a lot of choline. So it's already a very good source of choline. So but what she found, and actually I, I did discuss this with her, she said hers is the only study that she's aware of that's even looked at this, but they did find a small increase of in the breast milk content of choline as a result of sort of doubling the mom's choline intake. So that's some information that it may be possible to do that, but it, probably the effects would be small. If I could jump in for just a second, the, uh, I wanted to just say that the, the AI adequate intake for lactating women is 550 milligrams per day. So it goes up from pregnancy to lactation because of the demand uh, to produce choline in breast milk. 
Ah, I thought, yes, I was wrong. Then it's even higher than I was thinking. So are there any indications that taking choline as in childhood, uh, so let's say that you did not take choline during pregnancy as a supplement, or you weren't kind of thinking about how many eggs you were eating every day, (laughs) any indication that supplementing during childhood can make a difference on sort of future brain health, whether in aging or in memory or attention or emotional resilience? I mean, the one type of study that only indirectly speaks to that is there have been some studies, one or two studies in children, specifically in children who were exposed to alcohol prenatally. I myself don't know of any studies in just, you know, um, typically developing children, but in these children who had fairly high exposure to alcohol prenatally, they gave them quite um, large amounts of choline postnatally and found a significant benefit on some aspects of cognitive function. So those studies would suggest that there certainly can be a benefit of postnatal choline, particularly early postnatally, because actually in this one study, they found that there seemed to be a greater effect of the choline in children who got the choline at, I think, approximately two and three years of age than when they were four, if, if the, the choline was initiated at four to five years of age. So so there, there may be some greater effect, particularly when the children are very young. And one thing that I kind of read this, the adequate intake levels for my toddler and was thinking, you know, I don't know that they're loving eggs or, you know, there's days where they're not eating a ton of cauliflower. And so one of the things that I discovered is liquid choline. So I would just put it into a little bit of juice, just a tiny bit of this liquid, uh, up to you know 200 milligrams into their juice in the morning because I think it can be tricky to know this data, but then they're not going to swallow a pill or it's really hard to manage their diet, you know. And and then these toddler supplements generally don't have very much choline, if if any at all. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to give that little tip. And it tastes really salty. So the juice is actually, even though we we love to, you know, we don't want to say that, you know, <laughs> pump your kids with a lot of juice. Uh, it's it's actually, a, you know, a great way to, to mask it. I find that that's the most effective way. This is so helpful. Let's talk about the two of you. Do you take a choline supplement? How do you approach choline in your adult lives? Well, I'm happy to speak to that because I, after doing this research for uh, about six or so, seven years, I, and this is not typical for me to be sort of this enthusiastic, I decided that I couldn't come up with a good reason for not taking choline. And there were many good reasons to take it. There is um, another observational study of adults and um, aging, uh, well, middle-aged adults. Um, And it's a a long-term longitudinal study. And they looked at the... uh, choline intake across, uh, I think, decades of midlife and looked at uh, brain function and and brain imaging in uh, later life. And there is some evidence that there's uh, less white matter defects in the brains of aging people who consume more choline sort of consistently through midlife. Uh, So I obviously missed my chance to um, supplement my mother when she was pregnant, but um, I, I f- came to the conclusion based on what limited data are available and that it's likely to be uh, of some benefit uh, or possibly of some benefit. And the, the costs are 
not large and the potential benefits are very substantial. So that's what went into my kind of cost benefit analysis for whether I should take it. And I do. Dr. Strupp? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm maybe a little less good about it than Rick in part because I, I actually don't love taking a ton of pills. <laughs> I'm already taking some others. But I do, I do have choline and I do take it sometimes. So I can't tell you that I do it every day. I actually have increased my consumption, I think, of choline-containing foods, though, because now I think I do pay a lot more attention to that. So It's just a good reminder. I think that this, like at this stage in life, protecting for aging, I, I wish I could get my dad to take choline and my, my mom. And, you know, I just think that it's so good to protect brain health into aging. We would very much like to have, uh, you know, st- strong data on on like midlife and late life choline intake. Um, there's, uh, it's on, you know, I, I can't say that I'm taking it because I know it's beneficial, but I can say I can take it because I know it's not, has no adverse effects and may be beneficial and the, and the potential benefits may be quite substantial. Here are my takeaways from my interview with the Cornell researchers. Studies show that choline is an important nutrient that helps cognitive development in babies, especially if taken while pregnant. Only 10% of all pregnant women get enough choline. The recommended amount is 450 milligrams for pregnant women, 550 milligrams if you are breastfeeding. Choline is found naturally in eggs, liver, red meat, fish, poultry, legumes, nuts, and cauliflower. The highest source is eggs at about 150 milligrams per egg. Prenatal vitamins typically do not have more than about 50 to 100 milligrams per dose. You can get choline supplements in pill or liquid form. If you don't think you got enough choline during pregnancy, Dr. Barbara Strupp says studies suggest that there can be a benefit to postnatal choline consumption, particularly when your child is young. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.